make sure I am live. I am back in my office, um, which just happens to be upstairs at my house because I got to work out of my home um, with many other um, dope CFOs doing the same thing. So let's just jump in. We're going to look at kind of investors, entities, tax codes, et cetera. Um, if you want, if you're an accountant, bookkeeper, CPA, enrolled agent, whatever, attorney even, and want more information about the Dope CFO program, you can either comment here or message and or um, head over to our website, dopecfo.com. Um, if you're a business owner, farmer, dispensary owner, whatever, manufacturer, you can go to our new website, dopecfo.us, and find more information um, about how to find a Dope CFO advisor um, there. So those are two places you can go. Also, I will be speaking at many events this year, including a month from now, August 8th to 10th, at the AICPA event. Um, it's their national cannabis event. I am leading the event off. I'm also closing it down on day three. Um, I'm speaking every single day on different topics. Um, I think I'm speaking four times and moderating three, at least as of now. So I will be there and hope to meet many of you as well there. So... Let's just get into, I'm going to look at some entity stuff. So again, 280E is the tax code that governs this niche. Um, cannabis is still federally illegal. And so that brings up even more issues than might might exist in a totally federally legal entity, especially if you're an investor. And I've had over the last seven years, many investors calling me, to panic for a variety of things. I can think of a billionaire that called me and said, Andrew, I mistakenly put $10 million into a dispensary that was a really bad idea. They're doing basically criminal things and I want to get out. <laughs> and my first question was, why on earth would a billionaire ever even go into this industry? You know, you're, you've got your huge clothing company. Um, you're doing fine. There's just no need to, if there's even like a a tenth of 1% risk. Why mess with it? Just give your money to your advisor, let them invest in publicly traded things and go on down the road. But anyway, that was a bad idea. I've had another investor call me up and say, Andrew, I invested in, in these three dispensaries in Portland, Oregon, and, um, and I own 33%, but I have no control because I own 33%. I can't change the operating agreement. I can't force them to do anything. I only have one vote out of three. Um, and it turns out that every year I'm getting a huge K-1 with, you know, $200,000 of taxable income. And what, what does that mean? I've got to pay the government, I don't know, $80,000, $70,000. Um, but they're not giving me any distributions. So I've invested. I put a whole bunch of money in the company. They're giving me no distributions. And yet I'm having to pay the tax bill every year. And I have nothing to do about it. So that's another horrible scenario. Another investor called me up, the last client I ever took actually. Andrew, you know, I'm in my 60s. I've got this, I've got 18 entities down here in Phoenix. We've got um we've got um, I don't know, net worth 15 million dollars, you know, huge organizations. I'm busy, but but I invested in my nephew's cannabis farm in Oregon. And, and over, I, I started out, I gave him a hundred grand here, a hundred grand there. At this point, I've given him over $2 million. This was two years later. 
still hasn't sold a single pound of pot, <laughs> um, but he spent $2 million on his farm. And he's like, you know what? I think we need accounting and tax. I need to know what's going on there. I'm going to hire you to oversee the CEO. You know, normally the CFO is below the CEO, but not often not in this case. They want um, a trusted advisor to oversee and advise. And so we jumped in into that. So there's many, many issues in this niche, first and foremost, um, if you're an investor. Another issue that we look at right off the, the bat, you know, generally speaking, investors have a lot of money. Um, and by the way, post in comments if you have any questions. But the investors will, you know, be more focused maybe on protecting their assets than they are to pushing the envelope on the tax bill and getting taxes minimized, especially not correctly. We've seen many people lower their taxes by doing their taxes flat out wrong. Is that a good idea? I don't think so. The IRS is coming after this industry in a big way. They're always three three years behind. And so the crap you do right now, you're not going to figure it out until three years from now. And the, the absolute war strategy for any investor or any cannabis owner is to have some kind of strategy that's going to end you up in a mess with the IRS that will affect your future future M&A, your future exits. You might be end up in a court battle. You're going to lose anyway if you're doing things wrong. You're going to also get penalties and interest, possibly huge fines. We've seen this over and over. The IRS is winning every case, and they are coming after the industry in a big way. Um, so we tell investors and owners, focus on your company, your brand, your product, your revenues, your growth, all those things, vertical integration, do those right, and then let's let's correctly utilize 47111, which we can if we're doing good gap-level cost accounting, which, again, most are not. Uh, most do not have a dope CFO on their team, and they're just not doing this right. Um, so let's do that so we can correctly minimize your tax, not pushing the envelope as well. Um, so a lot of times when you look at entity structures, there's many attorneys out there pitching, oh, you just need to set up 12 LLCs and a couple of C-Corps and we'll get out of 280E. We'll, we'll confuse them. You know, that, that clearly doesn't work. Just go read the Harborside case. Um, what that will get you is very high accounting and tax return fees um, because if you come to me and tell me, and I've had this, you know, a flow chart that I can't even understand. There's like grids going every which way, 25 entities. It's like, yeah, I'm going to charge you a fortune to deal with all that. And just for your 25 standalone financials and then all your different variations of combinations and consolidations, um, going to be very tricky and expensive. And will that get you any value um, as far as beating the tax code? Doubtful. So that's, that's one issue. If I'm an investor, I'm going to insist on a C-Corp for various reasons. Um, one, it's easier to raise capital. Um, currently, the current C-Corp rate is 21%. I think we're going to stay there for a while with what's going on in Congress. Um, much better for asset protection. If Also, if I'm an investor, if the IRS comes in, which they will, to audit that company, guess what? They can't come and audit me, the investor's tax return. Now, if I'm in an LLC and the, the IRS comes to audit the LLC, yes, they can say, hey, wonder what else Andrew's got going on over there in his construction company. Let's go um, audit Andrew and see what else we can unco uncover. 
Um, there's also potential for 1202 capital gain exclusion at exit, which could be a big deal. I'm not worried about the double taxation as an investor. Why? We're, any investor is looking for a three to five year exit, generally speaking. We're going to be investing, if we do things right and we're investing a ton of money in our farm and our dispensaries and we're paying bills and rent and insurance and all these things and investing in our growth, there's not going to be money for distributions. As a matter of fact, we'll likely be putting more money in each year. Um, so we don't have to worry about that fact. So we get the low 21% rate. Um, if we can potentially get some 1202 capital gain exclusion, that's a home run as well. Um, there's a little more cost to set up a C-Corp, but again, I still like this structure. Here's another deal around the tax issue. The C-Corp pays the tax, not me. There is no K-1 flowing through to me. Now, this is 100% opposite from another industry that I used to work in, oil and gas. Oil and gas, which has similar in, in ways to cannabis, it's kind of a high-risk industry, lots of opportunity for home runs and big growth. But the benefit in the oil and gas industry with the oil and gas lobby, they've had massive tax benefits for decades. And so I can invest in an oil and gas well and get these massive tax benefits on, on a K-1. And I love it. Yeah, send me that K-1 and I'm going to use it to lower my overall taxes. And so completely opposite that, that side of things, the C-Corp will pay the tax. What else do we have? Um, we're going to have more legal documents to set up at inception. Um, again, the LLC issues. We talked about the minority interest issues. Be really careful. If you do invest in an LLC, make sure you're happy with the governance structure. Make sure you're happy with tax distributions and they are listed and required. Uh, make sure you've got some kind of out if things go bad and you want out. Um, I would be very, very careful on doing that. Again, make sure you also use a good corporate attorney, tax attorney. We're not attorneys, but we, I can give input and advice. I've seen things go wrong. Um, so I can give that advice, but I'm still going to say have a good cannabis corporate tax attorney that's advising you well. We can use multi-entity sometimes, especially if, um, if the there's a legitimate reason. So you have a branding company or a clothing company that's got actual other real customers. That's not just your sister and your wife and your other investors. You've got real separate business. We can get some benefit out of that. Or if we have a non-cannabis division in our dispensary and it's actually selling substantial amount of revenues and is profitable and accounted for separately, we can get some benefit out of that. Again, most people are doing this completely wrong. Um, on that side of things. If you do go into any other things like stock options or phantom equity or whatever, make sure, again, good attorney, good accounting. That's There's a lot of complexity involved. I see this all the time in our group. Oh, yeah, I just, I just gave someone some equity. They didn't do evaluation. They didn't get an attorney involved. They're, they're already behind. There are serious tax and accounting consequences for doing any kind of equity type of deal. So make sure you're careful um, on that as well. Also consider the funding structure. You might see convertible notes or safes or direct equity. There's pros and cons of each of those as well. Just looking through my notes here. So anyway, I think that is most of the topic today on that, and we'll hopefully see you all next week.